0: Famous creative partnerships exist throughout history. Lennon and McCartney, C.S., Lewis and Tolkien, Thoreau and Emerson, Madame Curie and her husband Pierre, Sherlock and Watson. We have dozens of modern-day examples as well. Jobs had Wozniak, Ives and Cook. Zuckerberg has Sandberg. Beyonce has Jay-Z. Warren Buffett has Charles Munger. Stephen King has his wife, Tabitha. Penn has Teller. And the list goes on. Hello, and welcome to Just Make the Thing, a podcast of people who want to start a thing and keep on making it. I'm your host, Claire Tunty, and today I'm joined again by the wonderful Chanel Luchev, lawyer and yoga teacher. Today we talk about partners in crime creative partners and the value that you can find in having people around you who help you, who support you, who have complementary skills, who have the skills that you don't have to make the creative thing that you would like to make. I'll put a link in the show notes to a great article from a website called The Medium, Smart Stories, New Ideas. And that's where that quote at the beginning of the show came from. It's really interesting to delve deeper into this topic. Chanel and I also talk about the value of making other creative things alongside what you're doing. So, let's get stuck in, roll up your sleeves, maybe grab a buddy this time, and on with the show. Hello, Chanel. Hello. Claire. Hello, or Chabelle, as I accidentally called you on Twitter this week, because someone she? pointed out. <laughs> I think it was... <laughs> <laughs> i think it was autocorrect oh yeah that, However, that happens all the but time i feel like maybe i should call you chabelle now you can if you want to or sweet balls which oh. is what your husband calls you <laughs> that's, right. that's probably my favorite one
1: sweet sweet
0: balls, hey, sweet balls. <laughs> that's delicious i know which by the way if anyone has listened to the holy bumbelina episode we tried those bumbelinas <laughs> oh, last night and they goodness. were really amazing they
1: were really good sweet balls. they were
0: delicious <laughs> we're a little bit dusty today because <laughs> we had your husband's birthday party last yeah, night Yeah, we had a really fun time yeah many fancy cocktails so many fancy things mm. with like fruit and like fancy things and my husband James was on fire with his he, cocktails he he really, was he hasn't been drinking for two weeks two months or something he's been on a hit fitness thing and suddenly I'm looking over there and he's got like passion fruit <laughs> I don't know mojito slash like some kind <laughs> of thing that had like a big frill on the top of it I'm like oh god he loves the cocktail that man. yeah no it's good
1: it was good it was a A lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah,
0: it was. I think sometimes it's good to let your hair down and just. Oh
1: yeah, you need to. I think yeah, and I think also a little bit of what is it Dutch courage as well is kind of a nice thing amongst people that you love. I because like I mean it's it's very rare. I mean women probably tend to do it a bit more.
0: Yeah. Men get very huggy when they, yeah, they really do. do. And not in like a creepy way, but you know, with each sweet. other and they just get really like friendly. Yeah, and like yay, yeah friends. Yeah. Friends are great. It is and they say things like, You guys are great. Yeah. Oh, I oh, thanks so. This has just been so wonderful. Like for instance, my, and I'm not that we're advocating drinking all the time no, or anything. No, everything no. balanced. However, Make responsible choices. Yes, people. exactly. <laughs> but like James, for instance, he becomes this persona that's just really lovely and friendly.
1: Yes, and can be. a oh, putting it first because you assume it's sarcastic. (laughs)
0: No, because he usually talks completely in cynicism and sarcasm and instead, I know, I'm glad you said that because he's so sincere because that's who he really is in his heart. Yeah,
1: it's really beautiful. (laughs) At one point, he's like, I really love cocktails and I was like, all right, keep
0: it to a minimum, James. And he's like, no, I'm serious. (laughs) This is my favorite. I know, I know it's hard to believe that I'm serious because it is. He's basically Chandler Bing from Friends on a regular basis. So it is, it's so funny I love it so much yeah because it doesn't happen very often because he no. doesn't usually drink very much at all so it's just really sweet <laughs> so we had a really fun time It was fun. yeah exactly so on that note mm. you've come over all the way here and I'm really impressed oh, that's a podcast you. commitment mm-hmm. and it is symbolic of what we want to talk about yes. today which Indeed. is the fact that we I th- well, you've come to the realization mm. when you're trying to make something creative, it's great to have someone who kind of compliments you.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yes. Do you
0: want to talk through a little bit what you Yeah.
1: You're so I think it dawned on me when we had the Holy Bombolina episode actually because my friend Cleo and you, Claire, are like the same person, <laughs> just in a different Outfit. <laughs> and I, I sat there and because you're so, you've got these really brilliant creative minds and you've got these incredible, incredible ideas and like they're grandiose and in the best possible way. Like all I'm waiting for is like elephants, like the whole the whole Prince Ali Ababwa thing from Aladdin.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. I love that. Make way. Yeah. And um, so...
1: after the podcast, you were talking about a particular idea that you had that was sort of in the back of your minds. And I could see that you two just kind of bouncing off each other. <laughs> just getting until- bigger and bigger. <laughs> until I was like, are they going to start a new country or something? Like, I'm like, what's good going- I think we need to put some parameters around this. This fantastic. Supersonic weekend of extravagant. we were planning
0: sort of like a festival for creative people and women and like all of this stuff. I know which. By the way, I still haven't emailed her about. So there you go, because we're, this is exactly to the point. Because you got into the car with me and we're like, okay, so I just think you need to think about logistics-wise and practical-wise. Can you actually do this and fit this into your life? With all the things that you already (laughs) do, how are we going to feasibly make this work? And you were sitting there like looking so worried, and I was like, Chanel, don't worry about it. It's just (laughs) spitballing. I have these conversations with people all the time, and nothing ever happens. And then some things happen, and it's fine. (laughs) I just really enjoy talking about stuff like that, and I get so excited. But then I get excited equally about other things, yeah, like cupcakes. Yes, yes, (laughs) the cupcakes. Yes, yeah. So before we so let's keep talking in a minute about. Mm finding your creative buddy. Cause mm-hmm. I think that's really important, yeah. but just because I know us and we won't get to it. Yeah. <laughs> I briefly want to sidetrack into cupcakes and gardening. Please do. Because I know we've talked about this before and how like with the pottery thing, and you were baking the other day mm. as well, that if you're stuck in a creative rut or something, then doing something else creative that doesn't have as much kind of emotional weight to it mm. is actually really freeing yeah, and yeah, wonderful. Definitely. And I've learned over the last few years to actually stick with it because – me baking previously and even guiding previously, I would do one thing once and then suck at it Mm. and then, or even be okay at it and then give up and go away and be like, oh, well it was all right. Okay. I've done that. Yeah. And what the cupcake thing that I made for um, my mother-in-law's 70th birthday, it was the first time I'd actually not only made one batch, but I made four Because the first batch I was like, I'm just not that happy with them. Mm -hmm. And so I just baked and I had a couple of goes. Mm -hmm. And then the end result was so cool because I actually followed a couple of different recipes to the letter. I didn't do my usual thing, which is like, uh... That's about a cup. Oh, that's about a teaspoon. And then when it doesn't quite work, I'm like, why didn't that work? The recipe must be stupid. When in fact, I just didn't follow the instructions. Yeah, and
1: I think with baking, you have to be quite precise. Yeah. Unless you're very good with like cooking science.
0: Yeah. And some
1: people are. Like one of my friends is an engineer, so she actually – And Understand. she loves to cook. Oh. So she's like, I know what happens if I add an extra egg, whereas us mere mortals, I think like if you added a whole bunch of extra baking soda – something terrible would happen
0: yeah. <laughs> right exactly you don't yeah. really know no. and so and because you can do that with pasta sauce or something you can be like chuck yeah. a bit more oregano chuck a bit more salt or something and kind of balance it out but baking's not like that it's a science yeah anyway so the cupcakes thing I, pre- I sort of started and then I restarted and mm-hmm. then I restarted till I had a batch I was happy with so mm-hmm. that's the first time I've ever done that And then I Googled how to do icing and I didn't just kind of like half ass think about it. Mm. I had the proper piping bags and I made this like really special sort of vanilla buttercream icing with like whipped egg whites that, so it was really stiff. And then I practiced piping on the practice cupcakes that I'd made. So then when I made the actual ones, I already knew how to do little icing rosettes and it just all came together. I know. But, and like they were really fun and quite gorgeous, Mm. but I mean, they're only cupcakes at the end of the day, Mm. but what it sort of taught me or reminded me was that a year ago, before I started this podcast, I would not have done that. I would have made one batch and one batch of icing and gone, oh, this will do, and kind of yeah. iced them and being like, oh, they're not that great, but they're okay. Or I might have fluked it and they might have been great, but that would have been a fluke and I would never have remembered what recipe I've used and, you know, where? and I always usually do that. I either like succeed with something by pure chance because mm. I've chosen a good recipe or it flops. Mm. And I it, it could be equally whatever, but it's taught me that kind of planning and repetition, which this all sounds so obvious, I know it sounds really obvious, but planning and repetition eventually equals a better result.
1: Oh, yes. No, absolutely. Totally. But I think it's, it has to be a lived thing, even on that kind yeah. of micro-type scale. Because if anyone could tell you that, and logically it makes sense and rationally it makes sense, but I think unless you go through the process, you don't really quite get it
0: until you, no. you have – beautiful cupcakes sitting in front of you yeah yeah and i i wonder if it's also about getting older too that you oh god this sounds kind of boring but Mm. i really love a good lawn (laughs) (laughs) you need to expand on that because i'm a bit concerned (laughs) (laughs) okay so i have gone down a rabbit hole of gardening as well and our lawn at the moment is a bit patchy Mm -hmm. and i'm annoyed about it anyway Why I love a good lawn Mm -hmm. and the reason now that I see a lawn, I'm like, that's a good lawn is because I've researched into it. I know how hard it is to get a lawn that's like consistently green and cut Uh beautifully and looks great. And it's not by fluke and it's not because they just happen to have, you know, like a better kind of house or a better type of soil necessarily or even that they're they're just luckier at life Mm. it's because somebody in that house either they have a gardener or they are good gardeners and they have done a lot of work aerating the roots and planting Mm -hmm. the right Mm. type of lawn and then watering it consistently over summer Mm. and mowing it regularly and they probably don't have a dog like podcast dog that pees on my lawn (laughs) which is another issue with the nitrate in the soil you know all of these things that contribute to then something being great, yep. and I think when you're younger, you sort of just think that you should just have those things, yeah. And you sort of take for granted like your parents' house or whatever. Like mm. they have a house, you just take it for granted. You're like, well, yeah, I wouldn't have this house. I'd have a way better house mm. because you don't understand how much work goes into all of that stuff. Yeah, and yeah, so definitely. Do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and so that's why I said like, I really love a good lawn. Or, I, or maybe as we get older, we appreciate good food more or wine because we realize how much energy and time and thought and repetition mm. of practicing and practicing those cupcakes or years and years of failing at growing your lawn effectively, mm. forgetting to water it, learning how to care for it. Um, like over the weekend, I went into Bunnings, which is like a local nursery hardware store.
1: I love that place. You can also oh, get yes. cheap um, sausages in bread. Oh, it's very uh, popular in Australia. Oh my,
0: it's so good. <laughs> you just like drive past, and like this waft of sausage barbecueness <laughs> comes out of Bunnings. It's just it makes me so happy. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's so wonderful. Anyway, I've I, at my local Bunnings store. I was there trying. I'm learning how to garden, basically, mm. and. And I've done a few experiments with the kids and I'm starting to get better, but only because i failed spectacularly at gardening. And I went there and all of these kind of women in their 60s and 70s were sort of walking around as employees of Bunnings, not mm-hmm. just telling random people what to do. But they obviously they just had so many years of experience. And so I could I just stopped and talked for ages to this woman about lawn care. <laughs> <laughs> but she had so much wisdom yeah. about her lawn and about... The type of grass that I had and then the exact type of fertiliser I should use and yep. the tools I should have. And and then also my roses. She gave me great advice about fertiliser. And the, and I was like, you have to fertilise your garden? Mm. She's like, yeah, you need a fertilising plan. And I'm like... A plan? A plan. I'm like, Whoa, holy... <laughs> what? Stop, stop. Hold on, lady. What do you mean? <laughs> you don't just mean that like some people have better gardens than others. And she's like, no, some people actually have fertiliser... They fertilize their garden on a regular basis. That's how they have nice flowers. <laughs> I'm like, bloody hell. Light bulb moments. Light mm. But that's the thing. It's this kind of shared knowledge. And, yeah, so anyway, that's all I wanted to really sort of say on this topic was just that things don't come easily necessarily. No,
1: definitely not. And, in fact, strangely, I think I've come to the same realization about my hair. So – I wore it, I decided I wanted to start wearing it curly and I was like, I thought once I stopped straightening it that everything would just fall into place. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, like with no real education or knowledge about, like I've had my hair the entire time, but I've been straightening it for 10 years and I did a good job of doing that. And just assumed that once I stopped that I would just have like. Salon-worthy curly hair. Yeah. And obviously that didn't work out the way that I thought. So I have been going down this YouTube rabbit hole of curly girl hair care and there is just this plethora of information and, like, people with beautiful curly hair have crazy routines. Similar to your lawn care <laughs> plan, they have these, like, very dense and quite complicated hair care routines that gets their hair from what it was to healthy and luxuriously yes. curly yes. and full. It's yeah. not a I woke up like this. I think little kids can kind of they have those beautiful little ringlets mm. because they're every, like everything else, like their hair hasn't been damaged yet. But as adults, you have to put in the work, unfortunately. Like you just do. That's just the way the way if you want a result that you're satisfied with mm. you have to put in the work.
0: You do. Mm. You really do. Mm. And that's such a big lesson. Yeah. Because we can often stare at curly haired girls or people with like amazing whatever, body, face, makeup, clothes, I don't know, whatever it is, lawns, (laughs) and and think, oh, I don't have that because I'm not good enough. Yeah. I I don't have that because I wasn't born luckily enough with that hair, Mm. but actually- there's so much more work that goes into yeah. behind the scenes. Of yeah. It.
1: And if we could just share our knowledge, mm. like be open to learning, but also share that information with other people as well.
0: Yes.
1: I think that would, the world would be a
0: better place. Right. Well, that's kind of what, as much as the internet gets a real bad rap. Mm. That is also something that is incredible. Like you can Mm. go and YouTube Curly Girl hair and you do get this knowledge from people all around the world who have hair like you. Oh,
1: it's extraordinary. Like I didn't even consider what curl pattern my hair was. I didn't even really know what a curl pattern was. Hold up.
0: What? what?
1: (laughs) So you can have different um, levels of curl and volume and porosity, so how much water your hair holds and – Uh, You know, your hair can be thin and thick, but the actual strand can be thin and thick. And then you can have like a curl pattern. I am a 2C, I found out because I did a quiz online. But apparently you can also have different kinds of curl patterns all over your hair. So you need to care for those in accordance with the curl pattern. And I was like, my mind was just blown. Like I just couldn't even comprehend. So
0: hold up. So then, so as a 2C, do they ask you things like how high your hair is when you wake up in the morning, <laughs> which is a thing for you. I know. Exactly. <laughs> oh, God, it was, yeah, it was not looking good. I did a lot of
1: yoga last week, so, like, <laughs> hot yoga, sweating exercise and just braiding overnight, not good. But um, they – like, like, does your hair look more like they'll show you images, does it more like look like this or does it look like this? If you were to drop oh. your strand of hair into a glass of water, does it float on the top or does it sink to the
0: bottom? Whoa, and oh I was my like, god.
1: What? If you feel your hair, is it rough on the edges or is it smooth? And I was like, I don't think I've ever done that.
0: <laughs> no, I don't. I've never done that.
1: Yeah, no, oh. I just you can become really like, yeah, that, seriously, like really obsessive
0: about full-on rabbit hole. Yeah, <laughs> it's ridiculous. And I think we have a new mantra, which she's like go down the rabbit yeah. hole, like literally all the way to the bottom, where you're putting a strand of your hair in a cup of water and timing how long it takes to yeah. go to the bottom. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But that's what it takes to yeah. to have the life that we want and the hair that we want. So does that mean then they recommend products based yes. on the type of curl? Yeah. Be- Gosh, it's a real movement. Yes, isn't it?
1: because it's not just it's not just um, like. Oils and stuff these days. There's creams, there's gels, there's waxes, there's um what do they call it? A smoothie? You can get hair smoothie, which is somewhere between a cream and a wax, apparently. Dear Lord. (laughs) And there's yeah, there's obviously oils and you get different kinds of conditioners depending on your curl pattern and and some people can handle a little bit of sulfate and some people can't handle any sulfate and
0: just the list continues. It really does. Man, like it's crazy. That is crazy. So, your hair is going to look fabulous by the end of this. Well, I suspect if I spent if I spend the next
1: decade, which is what I did trying to figure out how to straighten my hair, working on the, my curly hair, by the time I'm 43,
0: <laughs> Which means you'll probably, that's only really half your life. Yeah. Like you'll still have another 43 yeah. probably at least years yeah. to live. Yeah. Um, hopefully I'll have it worked out. But isn't kind of that, I kind of love that mentality though mm. because that is so different to the mentality that I have had for most of my 33 years mm. on the earth. <laughs> because for most of my life, I have always had the mentality that everything should be done now. Like I want mm. that and I want it now and I want it to look, I want to look, I don't know, for instance, five kilos lighter and mm. it needs to happen immediately. immediately. Or I want, I don't know, whatever it is, a particular look or to redo my entire wardrobe because I want to look like that Pinterest person yes. or something and it needs to happen immediately and mm. I need to go out and do it all. And when you fall down that kind of rabbit hole, you realize that actually real skill and knowledge and all of this stuff, like getting good at something really does take a very, very long time. Yeah. Yeah. Really. I mean, you can practice maybe, I mean, maybe a year or more, but really the masters of things mm. have worked on their style or worked on their hair or worked on their guitar or worked on their, you know, like the a Greek nonna who told me she rises her hot her cross bun in the car. Oh my, oh my goodness! goodness. Tell you that, yeah. Oh, is this is from when you the were fruit try- Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah,
0: she rises her bread in the car because it's exactly the right temperature because it's parked in the sun. So oh you know goodness. stuff like that. If you're baking bread for years, you become really kind of good, and then there's some kind of deep satisfaction mm. that I think sometimes in our world now, where everything is instantaneous, iPhone order it arrives in three hours from mm. the iconic or whatever. In that kind of environment, we miss out. Absolutely and I think yeah. I mean the, yeah the representations of things is it, it, it
1: appears as though things are instantaneous because mm. we can capture every moment of our lives on camera if we choose to because the one thing I find interesting is like when people do those before and after shots mm. and um in any in any sense like body transformations or as I have been looking at curly hair transformations, oh, God, I'm just turning into such a strange human being, I know. But um, if you weren't to sort of know the time difference, you would think, oh, that was before they washed it and they washed it and it looks great. But then in, in real time, it's like 12 months, 18 months, two years, three mm. years. It takes them that long to get their hair to be healthy again. Wow. So. I, I think sometimes when we have all this, we, ha- we have so much access. So that's the, I mean, the good thing about the internet is access, but mm. then the bad thing about the internet is ironically also access. Yeah. You start to form unrealistic ideas about
0: like how you can actually achieve something in, the t- in time frames yeah. and, and what? how perfect your life should be. Yeah. And then the amount of energy that is required. To actually make it look like that in every aspect of your life is is just unachievable. Absolutely. Like you can work on having really great curly hair, but there's other things that you may not get to yet because that's your thing that you're working on now. Yeah. You know, and you can't do everything at once.
1: No, no. Mm. And I think that's the thing is when we... realize that life is um what do they say it's not a sprint it's a marathon yeah um it takes time for anything worthwhile and then there are going to be moments in your life where certain things take priority over others and so that learning will be slowed Mm.
0: like 100% so um but you've got to keep kind of working
1: yeah just keep working at it make four batches of cupcakes and develop a lawn care plan and please show it to me (laughs) because I'm just I'm very curious I want to know what it looks like I'm I'll show you my
0: aerator. yeah (laughs) it was like 50 dollars it was really expensive it's this like big long thing Mm -hmm. that you stand on with like spikes on the end like a rake but sort of with handles okay yesterday I spent like a good hour just walking all over my lawn, stomping on this raid thing. <laughs> and James walked out and I was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm aerating the lawn. It's for the root system. He's like, she's lost it. Gosh. Let's all go. This is ridiculous. Oh, man. But Oh, gosh. But anyway, I, I do think that there's... And some people who are very good at making stuff know this already. I'm yeah. sure that some people hear this kind of talk about... You know, anything worthwhile takes time Mm. and roll their eyes. Like, of course, guys, this is not new information. But to really learn it, for me anyway, and I I suspect we're not alone, Mm. that's a big step. Absolutely. It's a big step. And 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 it kind of goes into also being kind to yourself as well. Yeah, and understanding that that you know you co- you might be comparing what you've created to something that someone else has spent ten years perfecting. Exactly. And you, but but time as you get older, time seems to go a bit faster. Yeah. So I know. So when you're younger, three years to work on something to be good at it, you seem to seems to be like, oh god, that's way too long. Yeah. Why would I even bother starting? Yeah. yeah. But now, to me, three years, I'm like. Pfft, where did that go? Exactly. You know? so, Absolutely. But you've got to kind of start it right now. Anyway, enough of that talk. Let's go. <laughs> let's get on to what we were talking about before about finding a creative buddy. Oh, okay. Yeah. So,
1: um, I have a theory, and I'm sure many other people do too. But effectively, I think to be able to, when you find a thing that you enjoy doing, and this is not just, or this is not just. But, applicable to your creative pursuit maybe even just in your career or other relationships it's good to find a person that has skills that are complementary to yours mm. because yeah I think you can always you can always achieve so much more when you rely on people around you who can give you stuff that you don't already have kind of thing sorry it doesn't sound that profound but Maybe it was in my
0: mind, but... Um, no, no, it is. Yeah, I, I, I think it's in, and a really important thing to point out. Yeah. Because that, in a partner, like I know that with you, I think that that's why we've continued this podcast yeah. for so many episodes. And we're, we're coming up to 50 soon, oh by the way, so goodness. we should do something fun for we that. We should. But it's amazing because I remember starting this show and thinking there is no way that I will keep going with this because I've <laughs> never committed to creating anything consistently my entire life, <laughs> like legitimately. I mean, if, if I have to do it for work or something, mm. different story. And, you know, I've finished degrees and stuff. But if mm. it's a create entirely creative pursuit, yeah. nah. Can't yeah. commit to anything, not even cupcakes <laughs> And so, or lawn. And so the fact that I have all these grandiose ideas, mm. but you're the one that's consistently like, well, we've started it now, Claire. Come on. Are we potting this week? Like even before we started Just Make the Thing, we started recording episodes of the, sh- of the show as a more general show. Yeah. Like six months before I even released the first episode of Just Make the Thing. Yeah. And the only reason why we sort of stuck with it, or I stuck with it, is because you kept – Pushing me to do it. I did a lot. You really,
1: really did. And I want to thank you so much for that. No problem. Was that really annoying for you? No, not particularly. Because, interestingly, like my creativity is, I think, probably a bit different to yours. Well, I mean, it's structured. Like, I think that's who I am. (laughs) I'm a structured person. And I was just really excited to be part of something that I couldn't even understand. Do you, do you know what I mean? You're like, what's a podcast? Yeah, no,
0: seriously.
1: Yeah. Like, in what universe would I ever thought that I would be on a podcast? Like, I just, <laughs> I would never have, that, and I would never have. So it was kind of like opened my eyes and expanded my horizons to this entire, entirely different form of media, way of doing things. Like, it's just it's just it's never something i could ever contemplate i just don't think mm. my brain is kind of like has you know partic- a particular focus and that's just the focus it has and it's very hard for me to kind of explore creative things sometimes so it's good to have someone around that's actually like no we can do that we can we can start our own island if we want to we can we can interview oprah let's just let's just call her whatever
0: She might say yes. (laughs) I will interview Oprah. I am saying that I'm putting it out into the universe before I am dead. And Oprah is dead. I mean, she's quite old, actually. I'm going to interview her now. I will. (laughs) We will. We'll do it together. We genuinely will. Are you listening to this, Oprah? We will. Please. This is the whole reason for this podcast. For me to eventually get you to interview Oprah with me. That's that's so exciting to me Mm. because I... It's sort of funny because in that way that the, uh, I think our creative relationship works, mm. you are very structured and kind of really great at sort of saying, well, I've stuck with this thing now. I want to keep doing mm. it. And I am sort of an ideas person mm. and I've always been like that, yeah. like 10 steps ahead of myself mm. and what I can actually achieve. But what it means is if I have people like you, um, or and James is kind of a bit like this. Mm. And, I mean, he has his own creative... Stuff is different again, but he is very good at kind of pulling me in and going, okay. But what is it we're actually going to do? Yeah. And how are we going to make this thing that you want to make actually real and here and yeah. concrete? And I think I, that's what I've loved so much about this. That every time I think, oh, it's too hard, I'm giving up, I get a text message <laughs> from you being like, hey, potting this week, and I'm like, well, we're better. <laughs>
1: You know, yeah. and I still roll yeah. my
0: eyes at it. Sometimes I'm like, "Oh, we have to do it like exercise." Yeah, but then we do it, and it's I'm and it's just it's actually one of the like most valuable things I've done. Yeah, I would agree.
1: I would agree with. I think I've learned so much from just showing up. Like seriously, yes. just even just showing up and being present, because you also you read things and you see things and you meet people that I. Have never heard of, or would never sort of turn my mind to. So it just gives me another avenue and another opportunity to think differently, mm. and that's really good for someone like me. And I mean, that means my legal training. It's also my personality that I like process and and I like structure and I like you know a middle like a beginning, a middle, and an end. Like I remember I had a um, manager tell me that once, and I was quite offended. She's like, she's like, you really like things to have a process and an end date and I was like yeah doesn't everyone (laughs) like what a weird thing to say and I think what she was getting at was when you work in some in some policy roles sometimes the work is even just having the discussion about the issue and whether you have an answer is not really relevant at that point in time it's about opening your mind up and thinking about it in the first place so that is the thing that I think I am very grateful for is being able to learn to be a bit more creative and be okay with the fact that not everything has to have a structure and like a completion date and you know like a whole bunch of contingency plans in case everything goes wrong <laughs> like sometimes things will just fail spectacularly and that's fine move on to the next thing and it's going to be okay yeah cuz I, I mean i wonder also because i like the idea of having a sense of achievement like when i've completed something if i can't complete something i kind of feel like i failed at it and it really bothers me i get really annoyed whereas you've said a thousand times you're happy to start stuff and just like it never go anywhere and i'm like i don't understand that it just how how does she do that but it's
0: good. It's a good thing. It can be a good thing. It's spectacularly annoying as well. Like, it's spectacularly annoying. And I have a pattern I've, I've realised over my life of annoying people. <laughs> Because I have, I know myself, I am really good at getting people on board with something. Like I am so good at it to the detriment of those around me sometimes, because I love getting everyone on board with things. But what they don't know is that in two weeks I could be completely off board again and everyone else is left like, we're so excited, Claire. And I'm like, oh, nah, nah, it's not happening, it's not happening. A festival? Nah. <laughs> I remember doing that with a choir I started in my street. I started a choir with like 12 kids. And for two weeks I was like, this is the best choir. Ever and we were singing in harmony. And then two weeks later I was like, nah, guys. Can't be bothered. I'm disbanding the choir. <laughs> I'm disbanding the choir. Sorry, can't be bothered. You know, and so I'm forever annoying people like you. who <laughs> love process. And, but then I guess it goes into, doesn't it, you need to, I guess... Now, now I, I think it goes into understanding myself and self-esteem mm. and all that stuff. Yeah. I realize that that's a trait of mine and I'm not going to be able to change the fact that I get a thousand ideas. Yeah. And it's a, it's good in that I then push people to make things they might not yeah. otherwise make or be part of stuff yeah. they might not otherwise be a part of. And even just the process of showing up like that book club that I ran for a year and then just never ran it again. <laughs> we, I did it for a year though. Yeah. And I got to know some cool people and I'd love to do that book club again. I just don't have time in my life at the moment, but it wasn't wasted. No. And nothing I think is wasted in starting stuff and failing or, or changing direction. Or, yeah. But, but you're right. It's, I've learned a lot from you about process and structure and committing And showing up. Yeah. Because I am spectacularly bad at showing up. (laughs) So, like, honestly. Mm. And because we've started this other podcast, The Millennial Divide. Mm Mm-hmm. And what I've learned about that is I had this idea for a while to approach these three girls as sisters and they're mm-hmm. so lovely and awesome. One of them's a really good friend of mine and she's got an older and younger sister and mm-hmm. they're so funny and clever. And I thought about it for ages and I messaged her as I do out of the blue mm-hmm. and often I mess people out of the blue ideas and nothing ever happens or they go, yeah, Claire, whatever and then nothing eventuates. But she was on board and because I'd done this podcast consistently every week and I'd learnt about editing and recording and showing up and being mm-hmm. consistent and what makes something good, what makes something tight, what doesn't, and sort of the pitfalls. I could talk to them about before we even started, okay, it's a commitment. It's like a basketball team. Yeah. You've got to turn up. If, you, if If you really want to do it, we're going to do it properly. This is how you do a logo. This is what we can do to grow it and make it interesting. And then because I don't have to voice it, I'm sitting back and listening to it. I've learned so much from having this podcast. Yeah, it's and amazing. I, yeah, and then being able to start that other podcast and just having someone else edit it because Rural Collings, even who edits this show, was not a podcast editor. Mm. He just learned by doing editing our show and now he's applied his skills to their show awesome so yeah all this stuff has come from committing to this thing Mm. so thank you mate oh thank you like i could probably cry actually oh (laughs) no but it's just been yeah it's been awesome it's been so awesome Mm. and i'm so proud of us i know me too (laughs) (laughs) we have like a legitimate thing i know it's a thing that's yeah. out there and it's been out there now for like a year, like over a year. Oh my goodness, it released the first episode in June last year. I reckon, has it really been that long? It's been over a year. There you go. I reckon we should do something fun for f- our 50th episode.
1: Can there be those
0: skydiving? Oh, <laughs> no, I'm
1: terrified of heights. Sorry, sky- I was gonna say party poppers. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And there is our creative relationship in a nutshell. I'm like,
1: what's cheap and will have an audio impact and people do understand.
0: You're like, skydiving. Okay. In my brain, we could take the mics into the plane. <laughs> that would be grand content. I'm terrified of, of lights. Woo. We can organize skydiving in like three weeks. No. Sure. <laughs> Oh god! So it is important, isn't it, <laughs> yeah. to find someone that you are creatively compatible with?
1: Yes, definitely. Mm. If you want to, yeah, if you want to keep on making it, then then yeah. making like starting the thing and keep on making it, finding a creativity buddy is just brilliant.
0: Yeah brilliant plan you've got someone to hold you accountable effectively yeah it's so true so i guess it's kind of about reflecting on the skills that you have yeah and like we've always said this creative stuff is all about knowing yourself Mm. it It always comes back to that yeah knowing yourself knowing what your strengths are and what you're not so good at yeah and then thinking about in your life either maybe a friend Mm. or a loved one like a partner Or even a mentor, maybe. That's sort of, it's a little bit of a different relationship, but it doesn't have to mean that that person makes the thing with you all the time. No,
1: no. It's, I think it's just someone who you can, as you say, like someone who you can learn from. Mm. And whether that's consistently over, you know, an extended period of time or someone you can go to from time to time, if you're feeling stuck in a rut or, you know, it's good to have one person or two or three or, you know, that you get what you need from the people around you. It, it, you like
0: lean on your community or your mm. support system. Yeah. I think, yeah. So true in whatever place that comes. Yeah. Mm. And and if you're stuck and you really can't, lean on Liz, Elizabeth Gilbert's yeah. book, Big Magic. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes you have to find people that aren't within your, like if you really are stuck, sometimes books and oh, writers, yeah uh some of the best supports to elizabeth i would recommend elizabeth gilbert i would recommend glennon doyle mm-hmm. following her mm-hmm. brene brown really cool oprah but i always of call course. oprah um even like trevor noah yeah or like john oliver like yeah. watching people who make really funny clever stuff yeah yeah you know we've got so much content now online and everywhere it's really accessible isn't it's it? really accessible mm. but but yeah in an ideal world, everyone would have a Chanel. <laughs> and a Claire. Yeah. Well, it might send you insane, but that's okay. <laughs> but yeah, everyone – because that's the thing, right? Mm. It, it does it does propel you along, and I think mm. it's really important. So, yeah, I've really uh, – I think I can't recommend more highly that Ira Glass quote about how – that it takes a really long time to learn how to make something good – and that your taste might be excellent and you know what you like, you know what's good, but your ability to create something that you think is as good as what you know to be good is going to take a really long time. Mm. And he says that he took the longest time that he of anyone he's ever met to work that out. And so, you know, his podcast, This American Life, is essentially one of the most famous and most popular mm. podcasts, but... He must have had so many iterations of that before he got to that point. Oh, absolutely. You know, and it's like making the cupcakes again. Yep. It's it's the It's the curly hair. Yeah. It's the whole thing. It's mm. it's finding someone to help you along the way with all of that and then knowing that it's not going to happen overnight, overnight but yeah. being consistent and showing up. Yeah is yep. what's more important necessarily than even if it's good.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, I agree. With Uh, everything. Yes. Okay, and now we're all we're so dusty we probably all need to go to bed. (laughs) You've got to get home to an octopus, actually. (laughs) We don't just just to clarify, (laughs) there's not like a live octopus in my house. Sounds like a weird sex move or something. (laughs) It's not that either. (laughs) (laughs) A weird octopus. No, your husband went to the market this morning, hung over, yeah. and bought a whole octopus, yeah. like a whole like, purple octopus. He's like, what do
1: you want for dinner? And I said, seafood. So he came home with an octopus. I was like, okay, this is happening. He is actually, and I'm very much like the the into his yang sometimes because he will have these grandiose ideas. <laughs> like, let's have an octopus for dinner. And sometimes I'm too tired to fight them. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> This is happening.
0: I knew that's why I get along with Gore yeah. so well. Because <laughs> yeah. we both we do like like when we can't hang out, mm. um, we do end up. Especially if we've had a few wines or something, <laughs> we do end up talking about like the state of the universe and philosophies <laughs> on life, and then like all our ideas for things. and It's great though, because yeah. you do. That's exactly right. You need mm. a yin to your yang. Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah. So, so thanks for being my. You'd be my yang, I think. Cool. Yeah. I'll be the you. you uh, so that mean, you're my yin. Y- yes. Yin? Or what is that? What does yin and yang even mean? So yang
1: is like the more excitable, life
0: energized part. I see.
1: And the yin is like the sleepy, more pensive, more reflective, reflective part. Yes. Cool. Okay. Mm. You can be both though. Yeah, you I can, and real. I think, you, and I think you can be too, and I think. For all, like all people, have aspects of different. Those are like you can have different parts of your personality, yeah. and you can feel different ways about things as well. It's not. It's certainly not um, like a black and white. That's probably the wrong terminology to use, given we're talking about yin and yang and all. I can think about is that we circle, circle. <laughs> yeah.
0: But I know, like not mm. like we were talking about last time. Mm. There's a lot of gray in yeah. everything. Yeah, but the yin and yang. So I, yeah, I, I could see I'm probably leaning more towards a yang mm. than. And you're probably more towards the yin. Yeah. That's cool. So, yeah, yeah go out and find your yin yay, to your yang. And, and be consistent and show up. Yeah. Vernon Doyle says that too. You just show up. That's mm. all you have to do. Don't even make anything good except actually make something really, real bad. Like, real terrible. Yes. Not, like, for the world, but just, like, <laughs> make something that isn't great. Mm. And that's okay. Yeah. But just show up anyway and then keep making it and eventually – you might make something good, yeah. Or you've just got to know someone and, and made a cool podcast, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I'll fill you in about my lawn. Oh yes, one day, please. Yes, I will. I might put some photos on the ground. <laughs> if anyone has any lawn tips, <laughs> email in. I'm all ears. Do a before and after shot too. I will. Thanks to <laughs> Margaret from Bunnings. <laughs> <laughs> okay, signing off. Right. Bye bye. <laughs> The lightning spark of thought generated in the solitary mind awakens its likeness in another mind. Thomas Carlyle, Scottish philosopher and satirist. In this article from the Medium website, there are a couple of tips that I think really help when you're working with a creative person. A couple of things you can do. Number one is brainstorm on your own first and then come together. Maybe switch roles so the other person can be the critic and you can be the creator just to see what might happen. Plan for friction because when you're creating something, there will always be disagreements and arguments. So don't worry when it happens. Challenge one another. Collative collaboration is best when you challenge each other, when you look at something critically and accept the criticism, whether or not you agree with it and look to make something better. And lastly, have fun, enjoy, create, and chat, and just build that friendship. Chanel and I, over the last almost 50 episodes, and now with Raw Collins as well, have so loved creating this show. And I think that. The reason we've loved it so much is because we've got to know each other more and we see each other regularly. We have a reason to really deep dive into topics that we're interested in and we both bring different skills to the table. So I highly recommend finding yourself a partner in crime. You've been listening to this podcast by me, Claire Tonti and Chanel Lucev. You can find me on Instagram at Claire Tonti or on Twitter at Mrs. Sunday Movies. And you can find more from Chanel Lucev at Bend Yoga Melbourne on Instagram. If you'd like more podcasts just like this one from lots of different people in Australia, Australia bred and owned this Planet Broadcasting Network is, you can go to planetbroadcasting.com. Uh, there is still time to donate to, to our Care Australia campaign. The link is in the show notes, and we'd love you to for some bonus content in your ears from lots of your favourites in the network. And lastly, check out The Millennial Divide. It's a brand new show hosted by three sisters that we've popped on this network and it's excellent. It's produced by me, edited by Royal Collings, and it's just all of the fun, creative, interesting, high and lowbrow topics for the week. So. I'd recommend heading over there and subscribe to them as well as this show and chuck us a rate and a review in iTunes if you could be a doll. That would be excellent. Okay, have a great week and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.